Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Make no mistake, if you're an author, you're an entrepreneur. You're selling the world on your book, aren't you? Of course, it's not as easy as launching a business and then tossing any old book up on Amazon. That's why I help entrepreneurs publish books on the specific topic and in the specific way that will launch or grow their businesses. Welcome to Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with your professor, Anna David. Welcome to Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with your host and professor, Anna David. This is a podcast where I interview best-selling authors, entrepreneurs. Uh, We talk about how their books have helped build their business, launch their business, all the things. Now I'm kind of veering into something new. I like to veer into something new. I'm a Gemini. This one, I did one episode that was sort of like this before, but basically I talked to somebody who does not yet have a book whose life and business would greatly benefit from their having a book. And it's call it an intervention of sorts, where I explain to them, we talk about their story, and on the spot, on the fly, I think of what their book would be, what the title would be. Um, it's a little bit of my party trick. I can I can do it. Um, so my guest this week is uh, my friend, Tim Westbrook, and he is sober since 2011, and he uh, opened... Camelback Recovery. Uh, He has a sober living. He has a number of sober livings. Now it's turning into a rehab. It's considered one of the best sober livings in the United States. We get into that. But he doesn't yet have a book. And he's got a really interesting personal story. Um, You know, crazy shit before he got sober. He's an Iron Man guy now. And he's fun. So why is he not out there more? He's got a podcast, all the things. So in this episode, uh, we broke down what his book should be, why it has to be a hell yes before he's ready to move on it, the quickest way to get the the content already exists. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe the content exists for you too. So listen to this episode and find out more um, about my attempt to shame Tim Westbrook into doing a book. And um, and I will have, you know, after we stop recording, he sounded into it. He goes, wait, what do you charge to do this? And I said, I'm not trying to sign you as a client. I wouldn't even give him a cost. If you would like the show notes for this episode, so you can get links to Tim's podcast, which is awesome, and other things, just go to LegacyLaunchpadPub.com slash blog slash Westbrook. And now I give you Tim Westbrook. Well, hello there, Tim Westbrook. Well, hello there, Anna David. So happy we're doing this. And it's an exciting kind of new approach I want to try. I did it once before where I talked to a terribly successful entrepreneur 
as an intervention of sorts, why do you not have a book? Don't you see how a book could help build your business? Mm -hmm. It's on the list. It's on the list. So, but let's, okay. So let's talk about you. Uh, you truly are one of my favorites. I was analyzing it because we saw each other last week. I was like, why do I like that guy so much? I think it's like, you're just kind of silly and fun. In addition to being terribly successful, it's, I don't know, silly and fun is my favorite quality a human can have. I, I love it. I, I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, you totally should. Um, so, so, okay. So to, let's talk about your business. What's your business? Uh, Camelback Recovery, mm -hmm. and we provide sober living, transitional living for addicts in early recovery, also people with mental illnesses. And then we're, we also own a treatment center, or I own a treatment center, and we provide recovery coaching and sober companion and sober transport and lots of stuff. And you have an interesting personal story, as you have shared with me at times. I believe so. I think it's interesting, <laughs> but you know, Hey, of course I think I'm interesting. Well, no, but I mean, you, you've done some <laughs> like, like just in brief, how, how, how are you, how did you prepare yourself for this uh, field that you're in? You do have some personal experience uh, with addiction. I, I do have some personal experience with addiction and I mean, everything from my, my car accident in 1996, where I rolled over three times and I ended up in ICU for three days and 24 hour care for 28 days and a transitional living center for brain injured adults for six weeks, disability classes for six weeks. So, so that was kind of my first really big, um, I guess, disaster. I mean, I had lots of disasters and that wasn't the end of it. I still drank for another 15 years after that, but, um, I got sober in 2011 and there were lots of, lots of things that happened, lots of repercussions to my drinking and drug use and, um, got sober 2011. And then I started Camelback recovery in 2014 as a result of trying to figure out what I was going to do next with my life because I owned another company. My real estate license got revoked again, as a result of my drinking and my drug use trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life next and the opportunity to turn one of my homes into a recovery home presented itself. And I was like, okay, I'm passionate about my recovery. I'm passionate about helping people and let's do this. And so, so that's kind of how I got started with it. I went back to school. I got my master's in addiction counseling and um, yeah, I think that's, kind of long story short, that's how I, that's how I got started with it. Why do I have some vague memory of you like fixing pools or roofs or some kind of manual labor? Am I making that up? <laughs> no. Okay. So when I was in college, I did this student, I did student works painting, which is I learned how to run a house painting business over the summer. So yeah. that was kind of my first entrepreneurial experience. That's what yeah. I did starting as a freshman in college and I did that. I was a manager. I was a district manager. I was a general manager. And then I started the Northern California Divi division of college works painting. And so I had a whole division and um, I did that for three years. And I was the, I don't know, fastest startup division ever. And then by the third year, I was the number two division in the country nationwide company. And, and actually I had a part, I, it was a partnership. 
So I, they put up the money. Yeah. I owned a percentage of it. So I was one of the owners. And finally, after after three years. And so our retreats, our company retreats were in places like Las Vegas, Cancun, Park City. Um, so you had some fun at those. We retreats. had some we had Miami. Yeah, we had yeah. some fun. And and I every single time I was the most fucked up of everybody. Yeah. Every time yeah, I yeah. got pulled. I got pulled aside every single time. Like, yeah. hey, Tim, we got to talk about your image management. Yeah. And so um, so finally in 2000 and so 2005, Matt Stewart, who was the general partner that I worked with, he said, hey, I got to fly up to see you. And this was after a trip to Vegas and a trip to Cancun. And he said it, 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 this last trip, it was just too much. And so that was kind oh, yeah. of the end. Yeah, that was the end of college works. But so you you had a, a history of entrepreneurship before landing on this idea of, you know, hey, I'm going to be of service. I'm going to turn one of my homes into a sober living. Um, how did you build that business? I well, I had a home and I just man, how did I build the business? I started going to networking events. I started talking to people. I, I had a home. I had a house. I had a sober living home. I just started talking to people and there was a need for housing. And I got connected to PCS, which was a treatment center in Old Town Scottsdale. And that's where I did my pre-practicum and my practicum. And they started sending me clients, the Meadows, who you, you know, the Meadows is um, a very well-known treatment center. They had an outpatient program in North Scottsdale and they, they would refer clients to us. And I just, I built a really good, solid program. And, and I, I didn't work in the industry before starting up my own thing. So it was almost like I didn't have a cookie cutter program, partially because I didn't have experience with it. So I was, I was building my own deal based upon my experience and my recovery and what worked for me. Mm -hmm. And so all of the things that worked for me is what I implemented into my sober living program. And so you then a few years in, like you're going to networking conferences, you join Genius Network, you do these things and you realize, hey, um, if I want to build more, I got to be, uh, you know, out there as a sort of expert on this topic. I'm assuming that's why one of the reasons why you started your podcast. Absolutely. It was my it was my way to, um, I guess, another way to continue building value. Mm -hmm. And it's like COVID hit. So I was like, okay, well, I've always wanted to join a podcast and I've got, I'm a member of genius network and, and pretty much everybody has a podcast. So, <laughs> so, so it's time to start my own podcast. And so that was what I did. And I started up the YouTube channel and, and it was a way for me to meet new people and learn their story. And I mean, previous to that, it's like, I get together with people, we have coffee, we have lunch. I talk about me, they talk about them and then, and then, okay, I'll refer you people. Okay. I'll refer you people. And then we go our separate ways and that's it. And so by providing a podcast, I can still have those same conversations, but they're recorded and we put them out into the world and then maybe we help somebody mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. free and maybe something comes back to the business. And so that's kind of why I started it and why I've continued with it. Mm -hmm. So 
when you and I spoke, there was, you know, you kind of fell into getting an outline for a book as a very generous supporter of recovery causes. You, you won it at an auction is the simplest way to say you won a, a call. You paid, you bid on a call with one of my team members and they did an outline for your book. Correct. Yes. Yes. And what was, uh, do you remember it? Like, cause you looked at it and, 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 you know, so you were like, I'm going to do a book, but not right now. Did, did they capture what it was you wanted to say? I believe it somewhat captured what I wanted to say. I, I don't remember exactly. I, I will say that writing a book is, is, is something that's on my list mm -hmm. and, uh, it hasn't happened yet. And there mm -hmm. have been other things that I've been focused on, like buying homes and changing my business. And now we're in the process of opening a treatment center. And so I think that's kind of it just hasn't been the it hasn't been the priority. Mm -hmm. But when you open a treatment center and buy more homes, you need to fill them with people. And, you know, there is nothing uh, it's not mutually exclusive to help people and to pay our mortgages. So I think, um, you know, so so it seems to me that the owners uh, we've actually published a bunch of books for rehab owners and sober living owners and interventionists and that kind of thing that there is a great advantage to being somebody who owns a treatment center and being a you know best-selling author who owns a treatment center just because people look to you as being an expert correct correct um so let's talk about what your book would be okay you so would you you know you mentioned that you built this treatment center uh, first your sober livings around what worked for you so the book would be personal stories as well as sort of treatment plans like well, let's map it out uh, i i don't know mm -hmm. i don't know i mean i have my personal story which i can speak to my personal story our treatment center again, like the sober living has never been a cookie cutter sober living program. We are the best sober living program in, in Arizona, hands down in, in, in my opinion. And there's lots of people that would support that. What does we, best we mean? Do, yeah, what is, exactly. Well, well, what does best mean? I, you know, it's kind of like, we're not a revolving door. The, the services we provide there are, it's not just a bed in a home. Our house managers are fully vetted, fully trained, fully supported. We have an actual program. It's based upon our five pillars, accountability, support, structure, community, and purpose. And it's a requirement that people get out of bed. They do their chores. They have a purpose, at least 30 hours a week, school work, IOP, PHP, volunteering. They're doing something with their lives. They can't sit around the house all day and smoke cigarettes and watch Jerry Springer. So things, things like that. We drug test two times a week, randomly every single week. It's not just when we think someone's high. Um, we utilize technology assisted care, which is not something that, that most sober living homes provide. I mean, quite honestly, most sober living homes don't even collect enough money to provide the services that we provide in, in their defense. So it's, um, it's a cash pay model. And a lot of people, they, they think, uh, as Joe Polish says, people are good at doing the addition, but they don't do the subtraction. And, and I think that's kind of the deal with sober living. People think that we're collecting money hand over fist and we're putting money underneath our, our mattresses, but that's just not the truth. The, the services we provide, um, it's money. they cost money. And, yeah. um, and, and the result being 
we provide a stable environment that's conducive to recovery. People stay with us for at least three to six months. A lot of times they stay longer and it, it helps them develop a foundation in recovery. And it, in turn, they're more likely to stay sober. So one of the best treatment centers, I would say that um, people that stay with us are more likely to, to stay clean and sober. That's what well, I think. Anna here. Now, are you an entrepreneur who wants to write and publish a book about your own failures turned successes? Well, good news. That's what my company, Legacy Launchpad, does. Find out more at LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. That's LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. Now, should you do a book, you ask? I think so. Why? Because you're worth it. Now back to the show. You said a lot of interesting things that I heard. So these five pillars are these pillars you came up with, you and your team came up with. Where did they come from? I came up with the pillars actually after a meeting with Mike Burnoff. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And so so this is marketing in a sense. It was somewhere between therapy and marketing where you talked to, you know, a genius and uh, and came up with well, what 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 is this? What how what is our differentiating factor or? Yeah that kind of thing. Yeah, I went I went to Michael Burnoff's office and we just had a sat down and had a ca casual conversation and and I don't even think that that was the the plan. I mean, it's not that our plan was to come up with the five pillars, but that was what came from the conversation. Well, another interesting thing that you said uh, that that speaks to to what I think all entrepreneurs need to do is that people think, you know, and you said specifically, people think we're making hand, you know money hand over foot and stuffing it under mattresses. So, what an important message to get out there—not just your five pillars, but hey, there's a misconception because. Um, you know, especially in this world where a lot of the sober livings were getting busted, exploiting insurance companies mm -hmm. for, you know, doing P tests every three seconds. Um, <laughs> right. So so it seems to me so you have a regular, uh, you know, sort of client base that's fed in through treatment centers. But what if this is something that could be known nationwide and not just considered the best in your area, but the best? I, and I would say um, on that note, I would say there are a lot of people that think that Camelback Recovery is the best sober living in the country, one of the best in the country based upon the, the service that we provide. It's a lot. Most people I talk to, they say, wow, I've never heard of a sober living program like this. Mm -hmm. But I would say even somebody like me who knows the recovery world well, who people ask all the time to recommend, who knows you? I didn't know that. So, so if the people you talk to know that that's great, but there are a whole lot of other people who could know that, who would know that if that was information that you were putting, it's one thing to put that information out, you know, dripping it out in podcasts, but to put it in one complete place where people can read it and go, oh, this is this guy's and this place is differentiating factor. It sounds like uh, your five pillars would be part of your subtitle for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, what are they? What are they again? Accountability, support, structure, community, and purpose. Um, and is that an acronym? Does it stand for anything? You know what I mean? No, no, no. People love those. I saying. know they do. I know. I know that I might, my, my, that's where my creativity stops. I mean, it, the, the five pillars, I was pretty 
happy that I came up with the five pillars. And how do you integrate that into your business? I mean, you told me specific ways, but is it like up on the wall? Like, you know, do, do, do your, when your team meets, do you talk about them? How, how is that a part of your business? It's on our website and it's in our marketing materials and our admissions coordinator when she pitches the program and our business development person when he pitches the program. We talk about our five pillars because that's the main difference between us and any other sober living out there. Mm -hmm. And so the way that you spread the word is, do you go to those recovery, those addiction conferences, that kind of thing? Yeah, there's conferences and we just, we work mostly off of word of mouth. I mean, we provide an amazing service and there's not another sober living that compares to what we provide. So we've been around since 2014. People know us, people know what we do. People have sent us their clients we take care of their clients and we've got, um, I would say our, our price point is not low. It's, it's, it's the, it's the highest in Arizona. And which if we compare to LA, it, we're, we're, the prices Lower. are still very, are very yeah. low, but we're the highest in Arizona. But the reason we're able to, to collect what we, what we charge is because of the service that we provide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And is it, are you interested in uh, doing public, more public speaking, um, you know, going on TV as an addiction expert? Are any of these things interesting to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Whatever I can do to, to get, to get the word out and help more people. And um, then absolutely. I would, I would love to, to Have get you done any of, of that. Um, besides podcasts, no, no to TV. No, not, not really. No. Mm-hmm. Well, you need to start with a 10 minute talk at Genius Network. I did. I did a 10 minute talk. Oh, well, then you've done it uh, yeah. at the annual. I would love to do one at the annual. Actually, I wrote that down. I wrote that down as my goal is to do a 10 minute talk at the annual event. My goal is to host one of the Genius Network events. Mm-hmm. I, love so I got it. some goals. I got some goals. So let's. And I'm, uh, and I'm not and I'm not a natural public speaker either by any means. It's not natural to me. I don't know that it's natural to most people. So just like, just like anything, I think, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I certainly have listened to a lot of public speakers talk like the Brendan Burchards who were like, I was terrified and I didn't know how to do this. And you know, that that's what we learn. Um, so fast forward a year, we just, well, I guess the annual event will be in the fall. Uh, let's just say, like you could be doing a talk uh, and have your book available in the gifting suite, you know, in just in terms of talking about it with addiction recovery, it sometimes feels a little bit crass. Like we are talking about life and death. So to be talking about it as a business, but the reality is it is a business as well. You know, that's a community. We know how many people uh, are affected by addiction. You know, I used to speak at colleges and I'd say, stand up if your life has been affected by addiction, which is to say you or someone you love and every single person in the room would stand oh, up. Right. Um, so and, and that is a community where um, I believe if more, you know, very sociable guy, lots of people know you. But if more people knew what you did, uh, there would be that would be even as much of a place that people, you know, that fed your business as the meadows or the other treatment centers are. Um, 
So, so Tim, what you need is to just coin yourself as this guy with the five pillars, which you've already done. And, you know, and I do think that people are engaged by story. Yeah. It's interesting to read about those five pillars and like all of that stuff, but we want to hear your personal story so that we can get engaged. Like who is this guy who was like really wild and crazy. And now, you know, he drives to the Salvation Army to be of service, as he told me last week. Uh, right. right. Um, so so, you know, this is what what I would suggest. You know, I did a book that I called uh, what did I call it? A bizwar. Somebody I met at Genius Network uh, kind of gave me that idea or did give me that idea. And, you know, so so three quarters of the book was my personal story. And then one quarter was like, here's how you apply it. Um, in, and and uh, teach other people how to do it. And then I was having a conversation with Brian Kurtz, who said, you should take that and make those uh, four chapters into uh, masterclasses. So here you've got, um, you know, a book that you're giving away at conferences um, you're speaking at, and then you've got a curriculum. Is that something that you would be interested in doing? Definitely. We've got so many ideas for you. Another thing you could do is create a book of your podcast interviews. Have you thought about doing that? Um, I heard you. I think that you've done that for other people in the past, haven't you? We haven't. I don't think we've done that. We've done various. We did, you know, Joe's uh, Joe Polish's newsletters we compiled. And right now we're doing I'll tell you once we stop recording because it's a cool new idea. We're doing something like that for him with video interviews. But you know, all you have to do is get permission from the people and you've got a whole mess of, you know, content, as they say, to put into a book. What do you think of that idea? That sounds like a great idea. Um, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm totally open. It's like, yes. Okay. Anything, any good, any idea that sounds good, I, I, I say yes to. But we can only do so much is I the know. reality. Uh, oh, I, oh, I know. I know. I know. I can and, only do so much, too. And and that's my problem is um, just like J- Derek Siver said, hell yes or no. Mm-hmm. That kind of, that resonated with me because I've got so many things that I want to say yes to. Mm-hmm. But then if we say yes to the things that are just yes instead of hell yes, then we don't have capacity to say hell yes or yes to the things that are, that are a hell yes. I know. I know that was really good when, I mean, he talked about how he's asked to do these kinds of conferences all the time. And he just says, no, 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 no. So it's the idea is they're not obvious. No's they're appealing. Yeah. Still it's, you know, my problem is that I just, I'm I'm like a puppy. I get so excited about everything that I go and I do it. And then it actually contributes to a lack of productivity because I'm spread too thin. It's kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Doing, we end up doing everything half-ass instead of fully like being able to put my, my full energy into it. I mean, I'm, I know you can relate to just being spread too thin, having like right now, I have a gazillion things going on. I'm yeah. remodeling a home. I'm in the process of building a treatment center. I'm, uh, you know, I've got a bunch of podcast interviews lined up. Um, I am my EA right now at yeah. this very moment yeah. in time. So it's just, it's, it's, it's a lot. And I love everything that I'm doing. Right. But can I reflect back and say, hey, is everything a hell yes? Maybe it's not. 
Probably if, not. Probably not. And, yeah. and if not, what do I do with the stuff that's not a hell yes? Do I cancel it? Do I push it off until later? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's that expression, you know, I forget people overestimate what they can do in a week and underestimate what they could do in 10 years. I'm completely yes. fucking that quote up, but it's no, like, no, no, no. That's, I think that's, I think that's right. I think you got it right. It. So right. it's like, I am very bad. And this could be a sort of alcoholic tendency to saying, I really want to do that. So I'll do it in like quarter four. A lot of the entrepreneur guys I know who are not addicts can talk yeah. like that. They're like, yeah. I'm going to do that in quarter four. And I was like, I'm like, November. Thinking about tomorrow. I'm not, I'm not still going to be excited in November. No, no. And, and, you know, and I think this is also an alcoholic thing is like, I don't want to do anything unless I'm so excited about it. Otherwise it's well, just that, like, why bother? Well, well, as, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ned Halloway says, Hallowell says, um, for the ADD person, it's either now or now or later. Yes, that was so good. And he said that boredom feels like death. And <laughs> right. yeah. he, and it does. It uh, yeah. does. Now, okay, so as we've been talking, I figured out what your book is. Um, now, one thing that the listener doesn't know, but that I know is that you, your contact in the phone is Kick-Ass Sober Life, Tim, right? Is that what it is? Kick-Ass Sober Life, Tim Westbrook. Yes. And you're you're kind of excited about that. I kind of tried to confront you about it. You're like, I love it. And I was like, well, it's so long and stuff like that. So you're like, you, I think you should change it. I'm like, no, I'm not changing it. I love no, it. No, you don't yeah, listen yeah. to me. So that I means know. you're never going to do this book, but this is what it should be. How to create a kick-ass sober life using, and now I can't remember what the pillars are, accountability, blah, blah, Support structure, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Support structure and... Accountability, support, structure, community, and purpose. To live the life you were meant to. We've got tons of keywords in there. We've got your personality with the swearing. It's branding with the podcast. And speaking of that, forget telling your uh, personal story. All you have to do is have an intro that breaks down those pillars and then compile a list, uh, compile your podcast, get them transcribed. You probably already get them transcribed. You've got a so. book, my friend. Boom. You get you that go. book away at Genius Network next year, the annual events, you know, 300 copies and uh, and say, hey, I'm publishing this book. So I'd like to speak at the annual about it. And there we go. We have just built you up as uh, an even bigger expert than you are. What do you think? And we're off. We're off to the races. I love it. I love yeah. it. I think it's a great idea. I mean, I think the book idea has been great, is great. Um, is it a hell yes right now? I, I don't know. Maybe in quarter three. Yeah. Quarter, quarter four. <laughs> maybe, quarter four. Maybe in November. I don't know. Um, yeah. I always say to people, it's like the best time to write a book was 10 years ago. The second best time is now because, um, you know, it, it, it's just like, no, say, just, just like saving, just like saving, but there's no better way, you know, to, yeah. to make it all happen. So, if people would like to, we're going to wrap up. This has been awesome. If people want to find out more about you, more about that future book that you're going to publish, more about your podcast, where did they go? They can go to ilovebeingsober.com, which is the name of my podcast. They can go to camelbackrecovery.com. They can send me an email, tim at camelbackrecovery.com. And look out for Kick-Ass Sober Life, How to Create It, but whatever the title I just said. Kick-Ass okay. Sober Life. There you Thank go. Thank you, Tim. And thanks, y'all, for listening. I'll see you next week. Awesome. Thanks, Anna. 
Thanks for joining me this week on Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with Anna David. For more info about the show, go to entrepreneurpublishing.academy where you can get links to show notes and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, and all the other places. Speaking of those places, if you got anything out of this show, I can't tell you how much I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. And please, don't forget you can tell an author or entrepreneur friend about the show. Another forget-me-not, my company, Legacy Launchpad Publishing, is available to help industry leaders and those with stories to share at any stage in their publishing journeys, whether that's writing, editing, or publishing, just go to LegacyLaunchpadPub.com to find out more. And be sure to tune in next week for well, next week's episode. You know, if you subscribe, you never have to worry about missing one.